And so let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. So we, we, we're busy with the end time church, part three. Next week, I'll do part four, and then we'll see what happens from there. So part three, if you didn't, you didn't get a hold of part one or two, you can go to Facebook or you can go to YouTube, uh, get hold of it there. But, but this is important. And uh, so let's start Romans chapter 10, verse, verse uh, 9 and 11. It says, it says, if you confess with your mouth, confess to say with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. So yeah, why do I start with this? Because number one, salvation comes by two things. Two ways salvation comes. You cannot be saved unless this has taken place in your life. And you will understand why that if this doesn't take place in your life, everything else uh, in the Bible will actually be meaningless to you. If you're not going to believe this, you're not going to believe the rest of the Bible. So there are two things that must take place in a person's life. Number one, the absolute Lordship of Jesus Christ. The absolute that Jesus is Lord. He's not somebody we serve on a Sunday. He's somebody that's our Lord in every area of our lives. Every day we, we, we surrender and submit to Him. Now, that doesn't mean he, we are perfect, but it means that He is perfect and we surrender and submit and honor a, a perfect God, the one who paid the price. So we confess that Jesus is Lord. The word Lord there is supreme ruler. Supreme. There's no other salvation, no other name, no other God, no other religion. That's what the Bible says. You cannot be saved other than that. Now, this may offend uh, uh, the snowflakes out there, but I cannot help that. Talk to God about that. Amen. There's no other name. There's not all different paths lead to God. No. Number two. It says, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The, the critical part of Christianity is that you have to believe that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. We serve a resurrected God. We don't serve a dead God. We don't go to a tomb. We, we serve a, a risen Christ. Amen. And let me just say, there's more proof to, to tell you in history that Jesus rose from the dead than to believe that, that, that Napoleon Bonaparte existed. More proof. I mean, in actual fact, there's nobody that even fights that issue. Even unsaved people. So this is part of it. The revelation that Jesus is Lord, number one, and the revelation that God has raised Him from the dead. Because when you have a revelation that Jesus has risen from the dead, that resurrection life is on the inside of you. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that, that if we believe that, that the resurrection of Christ works in our life, that He will give life to your mortal body. It's the resurrection life of Christ that operates in us, that makes us different. Amen. So if we don't believe that, we, we, we don't really have salvation. You can sit in church your whole life or in a building that doesn't make you a Christian. It's like coming to sit in my garage uh, uh, every day. It doesn't make you a Harley Davidson at all. Amen. 
At least if you're in my garage, you can clean it, but it's not going to make you a motorbike at all. Amen. Somebody say amen. So, so the truth is that, that this is a critical part of our salvation and for us to understand this. So when you get that right, then everything else, when we talk about end days, eschatology, the doctrine of the end times, then this begins to make sense or it becomes a revelation within you. So it's not something that we believe blindly. It's something that's a revelation we know to be true historically true and spiritually true and by revelation it's true so right now we're going to pick up a little bit about the antichrist pick up from where i left off last week the antichrist we know is 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 found in the book of one john it's not found all everywhere but the word antichrist but but he has many names and we'll see that now But the Antichrist ultimately is not somebody that's totally opposite to Christ. In actual fact, he will be similar and in place of. So the Antichrist spirit will always try and come in place of the Lord Jesus. So so what is in place of the Lord Jesus in your life? Because it's that that will lead you astray to believe and to be controlled by the spirit of the Antichrist. And so let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now I want to encourage you to read 1 and 2 Thessalonians because these two epistles tell you more about the church and what's going to happen than any other book besides the book of Revelation. Very important for the church. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul the Apostle writes, he says, Now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and and our gathering together to Him. So the coming of Jesus and our gathering together to Him, our meeting with Him. Says, We ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us. Because even in those days, some people were saying that Jesus has come already. You know, there's always people around with false doctrines and and way out beliefs and conspiracy theories and, and so on. The truth is, let's get back to the Word of God. Believe the Word of God. The answers are in the Word of God. And if something doesn't line up with the Word of God, it, it takes second place not even second place. It has no place. And he says this. He says, don't be shaken by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means. Number one, the first thing that, that, that we know it's the end times, people are walking in deception. Let no one deceive you. For that day, that day, that day, say that day, Amen. Will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So, so the Bible tells us that that day, the day that Jesus comes back for his church first, because there are two facts that happen, that day will not happen unless there's a falling away and the man of uh, sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Now, now listen. The word falling away, it's not, it's not about people in gross sin. The word falling away there is apostasy. He says that day will not come unless there is apostasy on a mass scale. And I will tell you right now, I read all the time. 
celebrity, Christian celebrities, worship singers, suddenly found they're uh, no longer a Christian. Big on the Instagram. <laughs> right? Apostasy. People believe in false doctrine. Apostasy. Right? He says that falling away, the falling away is apostasy, falling away from Christ. So yes, revival will come. But right now, this generation, as revival comes, there will be a great revealing about who serves God and who doesn't serve God. Serving God is not for our financial gain. Serving God is so we can bring our world to Christ, to honor Him as Lord. Amen. Come on. So he says, that day will not come unless they're falling away. So the word apostasy means defection from the truth. It's changing size. And I see that all the time now, that, that, that many today who are famous people, famous worship leaders, etc., and particularly amongst them, because a lot of them are on stage, not because of their anointing, but because of their talent. They've got talent, but no character. That's why I say often, the people who worship on this stage have character. Amen. Not just about their gifting. Amen. Because we don't just need people with gifting so they can fill the church and make it look good, but they don't even have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is apostasy. And the fact is this, that we tolerate that Jezebel spirit within churches and we think it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Amen. So you want to understand why there's so much confusion with what people believe in the body of Christ. Because you have these people in these profile positions who are influencing a younger generation with nonsense. Amen. Hallelujah. So you see it. There are those who who have gift but no anointing. They've got all show but no glow. Those who fear God more than, who fear man more than God. Those who would deny Christ and Scripture and obedience to God because of the fear of man. Uh, it's like, you know, it's apostasy where people say, well, I'm a former Christian. <laughs> no, 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 bro. Uh, you, 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 you need to repent. You're not a former anything. I'm a former Christian. Uh, I'm into self-actualization now. I worship self. Uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, Buddha is Christ. Muhammad is Christ. You are Christ. We are Christ. We are all Christ. I am Christ. That's their message. In fact, it's out there. Nothing hidden. Jesus said the day is coming when nothing will be hidden. Amen. And if that's the case, then close your Instagram page that's full of Christians who've been paying you and giving you money for your music. Shut it down. Stop abusing them. Amen? Oh, I know it gets very quiet in this Presbyterian church, but we have to deal with these things. Jesus is not a Democrat and he's not a Republican. 
He's not, he's not Labour, nor is he a Liberal National Party. He's none of that. Amen. He's not woke. This is the apostasy that comes in these days. Stand for Jesus, man. If you're in a Christian party, stand for Jesus. Not for your party. Stand for Jesus. Stand for righteousness. Stand for godliness. Amen. That's what we voted for. That's why you are there. Amen. Come on. It's apostasy begins to settle in a nation very simply through those who profess Jesus. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Amen. He calls, the Bible calls him the son of perdition. So he says that day will not happen until the great falling away comes first and then the, 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 the man of lawlessness, the son of perdition, is revealed. You see, in verse 4, let's carry on verse 4. I won't carry on with that because I know people get very uptight about this. But I'd rather make you uptight, not suspicious, but that you know the truth. Because the truth will set you free. Jesus is not a way to God. He is the only way to God. The only way. Amen. I have a problem with you saying that, Pastor. Now, don't talk to me. Talk to Jesus about it. Go tear that page out your Bible. And while you're at it, tear all the others out. Tear all the others out that say that we need, to, we need to live a holy life. Tear all of that out. Amen. Let's tear it out. Let's tear that all out about honoring your mother and your father. Let's tear that out. Amen. Let's tear that out about that there's male and female. Why don't you tear that out while you're at it as well? In actual fact, why don't you just burn it? Amen. Nobody here. I, I deal with, sometimes you, I have to deal with the spiritual realm that's controlling people's, the, the, the system. Amen. So sometimes people don't understand why I talk like this. Because I'm dealing with a spiritual thing. Not a person, but a spiritual thing that is always there to manipulate minds. So deception is a huge part of this issue. And, and you, if you are deceived, you do not know you're deceived. Amen. Now the Bible says, it says, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. Amen. Or, or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showed himself that he is God. So this is what the Antichrist is all about. He wants to come in the place of God, and ultimately one day when the temple is rebuilt, he will go and put himself in there as God, that he is God to be worshipped. And Paul the Apostle, and I'm not going to get into that now. He says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Verse 6, this is important. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Amen. So here's what the Bible tells us, that there's somebody holding back the Antichrist from coming to its, his full uh, uh, stature to proclaim himself as God. There's one thing holding him back. One thing, and we can see in all the world the anti-Christian rhetoric and sentiment that is developing in every nation around the world. But the point is this, that this Antichrist cannot and will not come to his 
point of prominence until God is finished with His church. Amen. You've got to understand this so we don't fear. The word, yeah, He says, and you know what is restraining. The word restrain means to hold back, to, to hinder the course or progress of, to get in the way or to check a ship's headway, to stop this person taking firm possession or take possession of. So listen, here's the point. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit in the church that is holding back the Antichrist from manifesting himself in his fullness. You've got to understand this because throughout the ages, the Antichrist has always tried to come to a place of prominence, but it's the church, the Holy Spirit in the church that has kept this Antichrist from manifesting totally. Now we know he's in the world. We know it's there. But remember the Holy Spirit in the church is, is that person who is holding back the Antichrist from coming to ascendancy. But here's the point, that if the, if the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, then where will the church be? Because there's one vehicle that the Holy Spirit works through in the earth today, that's His church. No matter what people think about the church, I don't care. The Bible tells me that Jesus will build His church. He's not going to build your life. He's going to build His church. And if we are part of the church, then we know the Holy Spirit is in the church. And when the Holy Spirit goes, we go with. Amen. That's the reality of this. Because if the Holy Spirit is not here, then neither are we. Let's try do church without the Holy Spirit. Try and live your life without the Holy Spirit. See what happens. Oh, I think people are, people are practicing that quite a bit in these days. Because a person can only get into apostasy when they fail to submit and surrender to the Holy Spirit who speak into their hearts and saying to them, my son, you're going the wrong way. Until it becomes a total denial of Jesus. So the Bible says the mystery of lawlessness is already at work in verse 7. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And when the lawless one, and then the lawless one will be revealed. Listen, you've got to get this. The lawless one, the wicked one, it's with a, it's with a, a capital L or a, uh, the, the, the Greek word is the wicked one. It's a, a capital W. It's the Antichrist, the wicked one, the man of lawlessness. When that one is revealed... And it can only be revealed when the Holy Spirit is no longer here. Amen. So, verse 8 says, The lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume. Listen. The Lord will consume with the breath of His mouth and destroy with the brightness of His coming. Now, I want you to understand the Antichrist has got one end. But I want to say this again to you. This Antichrist spirit cannot come to a full ascendancy until the church is no longer here because the Holy Spirit will remove the church. 
He said, well, how is that possible? Well, how was it possible that Jesus rose from the dead? Unless you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then all of this is not even going to make sense to you. Amen. Come on. We've got to understand this. Verse 9 says that the coming of the lawless one, and I'm going to appoint you, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. So the, the Bible tells us that this Antichrist will come with signs and wonders and lying. Listen, that's why, listen, dear brother and sister, you don't follow signs and wonders. You follow Jesus. Amen. You follow Christ. And if you never see another sign and wonder in your life, it should not matter because you have a revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord in your heart and it doesn't matter. Amen. Come on. Why? Because when the, the revelation of Christ is in your heart, you don't follow signs and if the signs come and they will come, it doesn't shift your faith. He keeps your faith still strong in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, the coming of the lawless one will be according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Now, now, lying wonders, if you look in the Greek, it means a conscious and intentional falsehood. So in a broad sense, whatever is not what it seems to be uh, or, or that which is perverse, impious, uh, deceitful precepts. So I want to ask a question. Like last week, I asked some questions about the Antichrist. Is the current mainstream media part of the lying wonders that the Antichrist will use in the world? For sure it is. I see how many people are so influenced by the media today than the Word of God. It's astounding. If I read something or hear something and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, I don't believe it. And if they do say it, I have to check it out with other sources. A smart man and woman will do that. Stop listening to everything that gets sent to you. Amen. Because eventually the church will be so confused that the Antichrist will just rock up. They won't even know who he is. They'll just think he's Jesus. People have to stop. Start seeking God on another level. Being in love with Jesus. Our goal is to still reach our world for Jesus. And so I want to ask you, is the current media and the narrative that's going on part of the Antichrist spirit? Is that part of the lying wonders that will take place? For sure it will be. And verse 10 says, And with all unrighteous deception, among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So yes, yes, two things. This whole setup in the world, as you see what's happening in the world right now, there's unrighteous deception. The word unrighteous deception there actually means, in the Greek, it means injustice, legal injustice. 
moral wrongfulness. Is there legal injustice today? Yes, there is. Are, is the justice system being manipulated by politicians? Are medical, are medical, is medical advice nowadays being manipulated by and directed by politicians? It's legal injustice. The Bible tells us unrighteous deception. And here's the other thing. It says that, that there will be unrighteous deception because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now, I want you to think about this. They don't receive the love of the truth. So this legal deception that's happening all across the world and happening very much in this nation by that serpent that's squeezing it. Don't talk to your neighbor if you see them in the shopping center. In South Africa right now, the maximum church attendance you may have in your church is 50 people. We have church buildings there, the six and a half thousand, just one of them, others five and a half thousand, others four thousand, etc., all over. Fifty people. But yet, you can get on, a, on an airport bus that takes 90 people and 70 are allowed in that. Work that out. Work that out that on some of the shopping centers, it says maximum allowed in year 16,000. Work that out. How many people are in Woolworths here where places are locked down? Work it out. How many people are in Bunnings? Work it out. Work out and understand what lying deception there is in the world today. Amen. I'm not here to argue about any virus. I'm not here to argue about anything else, a jab. I'm here to tell you that there's a lying deception that's taking place in the world today. A lot of people don't like to hear the truth, but this is the truth. You can pack a restaurant out. And that's not just South Africa, but many places around the world. But you can't have people in your church. What nonsense is that? It's lying deception. And then the smart Christians will throw up Romans 13. It's the only verse they know in the Bible. Totally out of context. It's a lying deception. Beware no one deceives you. Read the whole Bible. You want to read Romans 13? Then read Romans 12. But be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. Read the whole Bible. I had people, I had some leaders ask me the other day, not here, leaders of churches ask me, say, so where in the Bible does it say that we can talk to government? I said, okay, well, I'm glad you asked me that. So uh, I started going through from the book of, of, just from Acts, never mind the Old Testament, and I, and, I, and I laid it out. And I said, if the church said nothing, 
I said, I've come from South Africa, as many of you have. If, I, uh, if the church said nothing about apartheid and discrimination there, what would have happened? I said, I broke the law by bringing black people into our church. I was a lawbreaker. Was that okay? Yes, it was. So I'm trying to tell you why I'm trying to get you to think in this whole thing is that people are confused in their understanding of the Bible. And I suggest to people, even people watching this, and that people you know, friends, family, get them back to the Word of God. Read the whole counsel of the Word of God so that deception doesn't become part of their narrative. That they believe stuff because they're too lazy to read the Word of God. Amen. And this is why the Antichrist hates us. That's why there are narratives out there telling, and it's on the news everywhere, that it's Christians who are at fault for the spread of this virus. It's out there. Now, I know this may get very challenging and confronting, but I'm trying to show you I can go so many areas that we are facing in this world right now in our nation, and I don't wish to go there. I'm trying to tell you that there's a lot of deception out there. We've got to come back to the Word of God. I don't focus on that. But I'm bringing thoughts and ideas and concepts and precepts to you that you can see how easy it is to be manipulated. Very easy. Amen. And the Bible says in verse 11, and for this reason, for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. You know that delusion is a judgment from God? That people start to believe a lie? It's a judgment from God. And we need to stay on our knees and stay in the Word of God and actually say, God, I'm sorry for being arrogant, for not getting back to your Word because God, maybe this delusion has gotten hold of me. Because that falling away will take place. When people don't want to receive the truth, the Bible tells us those who don't want to receive the truth and those who don't believe the truth are the two reasons why God sends a strong delusion. Because they won't receive it, nor will they believe it, even if you tell them. Amen. And verse 12 says that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth but at pleasure in unrighteousness. Amen. And so, so this is very, very important. The church right now is holding back the Antichrist. And that's why the church has to wake up to its responsibility that it has in society. To pray, to seek the face of God, to, to lead people to Christ. Not only that, to, but to be a voice. You know, we're going to send out some emails in this week. You know, our, free, our freedom of expression and speech is under threat in this nation like no other time. Unless we voice our opinion and we voice our concern to the politicians that are elected to serve the people, we've got to be much stronger in what we believe. We cannot just say, well, we'll just leave it and see what happens. No, if you leave it and see what happens, the devil says, thank you very much for leaving the door open. I'm walking right in. And it's about time we close the door uh, uh, to the devil in this nation. He's, it's been open for too long. Amen. Open for too long. So come on. Somebody say amen. And so, 
So let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's look at this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 says, He says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or those who have died. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus, those who who have died. For this we say to you, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend, say descend, amen, from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first, amen, amen. Now the dead in Christ are not those uh, 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 chosen frozen church members, okay. I just want you to know that. Maybe you thought, oh God, I'm going first. <laughs> Amen. This is verse 17. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So the Bible lays it out what is going to happen. I want to tell you right now, the Bible says that there are those who have died. That Jesus is coming back for His church. And those who have died will be taken first. The word, we, get, we use the word rapture. The Bible says that those who are dead, who have died in Christ, will be taken first. They will be given their glorified bodies, just like Jesus rose from the dead. So God, those who have died and their bodies are scattered all over the world, their bodies will be resurrected and they will meet Jesus. And the Bible says, then we who are alive will be caught up. There'll be a shout of the archangel, a shout, a a, a trumpet sound, and and the church will be taken up. That's called the rapture what we call the rapture and thus we will meet the Lord in the air and we will always be with the Lord. And so the word there caught up is the word rapture or seized by force. It means uh, to pluck, to pull away. And so we who are alive will be pulled up. The Bible says comfort one another with these words. You'll say, Pastor, well, I, I think the church will go through the tribulation that's okay. You can believe what you want. Uh, we're not going to fight about this. But the Bible tells us to comfort one another with these words. But up until then, and up until the resurrection of the church, up until Jesus comes and takes His church, up until then, up until the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way so the Antichrist can manifest and make a treaty with Israel and ultimately from that will come uh, the great persecution and tribulation. Up until then, the church has a job. Up until then, we got to lead people to Jesus. So if you are fearing, the Bible says, don't fear. If you are worried about your future, God says, don't worry. If you're thinking that, will I survive? Will my children survive? Will I? Hey, hey, listen, if you're right with Jesus, don't worry. Amen. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. That's what the Bible says. 
comfort one another with these words. And that doesn't mean that you say, well, well, that's really great, fantastic. I'll just wait for the rapture bus until Jesus comes. Up until then, I'll just do my thing. No, if we really believe in the resurrection of Jesus and if we believe in the rapture of the church, we will get busy because everything is here. The signs of the times are here. Jesus is coming back soon. It may be five years. It may be 10 years. I don't know how long. It may be 20 years. But until then, we have a job to do. I want to when I stand in the presence of God that God says to me, well done, my good and my faithful servant. You've been faithful in a little. You will be blessed with much. I want God to say that to me. You see, and here's the thing with death, and I said this in part one. The Christian should never fear death. There's no fear in death for the Christian. There's no fear. Jesus said, don't fear him who can kill your body. Fear him who can torment your soul. Kill your soul. Fear him whom you have to answer to for eternity. Fear that one. See, the Bible tells us, and this is not a new doctrine, This is Pentecostal doctrine that we believe for ages. It's just becoming more of a reality now. The Antichrist spirit is in the world. He's making his move. Nations are in turmoil. Nations are looking for leaders. And eventually that leader will stand up, the Antichrist. Nations are looking. Everywhere in the world, people are are demonstrating. Everywhere in the world. Why? Because they're looking for leaders. They're looking for something. And the Antichrist will come in as the answer, but the Antichrist is not coming until Jesus is finished with His church and the work that He needs to do in His church. I want to encourage you that you stand firm in Jesus. Say, Jesus, I want to be ready for you. You and I have to live as if Jesus is coming today. That's how our lives have to be. 1 John chapter 3 says that if we have this hope within ourselves, we purify ourselves as He is pure. Because whether you like it or not, nobody has the promise of tomorrow. Nobody here, nobody here, no matter what uh, the latest health advice is. I'll tell you the latest health advice for Australia, which many people sit every day glued to their television, waiting for the latest health advice. How many infections? I'll tell you the latest health advice. Nobody here has a promise of tomorrow. You don't know whether you'll wake up tomorrow and you are still living and breathing and if you live life like that then live full out today for God say God today I'm going to be the best that I can be I'm going to be the best husband the best father the best uh, uh, person that I can be let God if I don't wake up tomorrow it's okay amen that's the latest health advice you don't know amen and so Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as I come to a close. Are you getting something this morning? Listen, look, this is a lot of this is a lot of stuff I'm condensing in a short space of time at the same time to challenge things. Today I'm particularly challenging a lot of mindsets and a lot of things in the spiritual realm. If it upsets you, it's okay. 
Jesus said, you must love me anyway. <laughs> Who's never been upset with me in this church? <laughs> okay, I, I, I will never. <laughs> I see that very few hands went up there. <laughs> Amen. Who's never been offended? I see no hands went up. Okay, I get the message. Amen. I get offended with myself sometimes, and that's okay. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, but, but concerning the times and seasons, brethren and sisters, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. Say, I'm not in darkness. Amen. It said the brethren, not the sister. I only heard my wife there. You, <laughs> amen. You, brothers and sisters, amen. Uh, you are not in darkness. Amen. <laughs> my wife's going to hit me when I get home. Okay. So it says, you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Because it's coming at a time. When we think everything's okay, we'll make it. For you're all sons of the light and of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. You've got to understand this. We walk in the light. That's why it's imperative we stay in the Word and stay connected and we stay praying. We stay connected to God's people. We stay uh, praying in the Holy Ghost. We, we stay praying. We stay seeking God so we can keep on walking in the light because we are not of the night nor of the darkness, what the Bible says. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. The word sober there is clear-minded. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. The night is far spent, the Bible tells us. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath. Say, God did not appoint me to wrath. Come on, God has not appointed the church to wrath. He's not appointed the church to judgment. It's not your inheritance. Your inheritance is the blessing and favor of God. You've not been appointed to wrath and destruction. Come on. He says, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Verse 11, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you're doing. You know, the amount of fear in this nation is incredible. The amount of fear in Christians is incredible should never be that. God's got you. And even if you believe in pre-trip, mid-trip, post-trip, it doesn't matter. If you believe the church will be raptured after the tribulation, it doesn't matter. God's got you. <laughs> God's got you. God's got you. And I'm going to close up with the Scripture. If you can get this this morning, that there's hope. You say, well, pastor, I believe in this. It's okay. As long as you believe Jesus is coming for his church. As long as you 
have hope and comfort that He's coming for you. As long as you know that one day you will stand before Him and it will be okay. As long as you know that no matter what you go through now, God's got you. As long as you know that no matter what decision you have to make, God has got you. As long as you know that, as long as you know that I'm safe in the arms of God. As long as you know that. As long as you know that you have a purpose and a plan while you are alive now on planet earth. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. There's something that God wants you to do that nobody else can do. Amen. You are the answer to someone's prayer. You're the answer to your neighbor's prayers. You're the answer to a broken society that that is having suicide ravaging the society, that depression and oppression on another level in the workplace. It's it's out of control. Just on one day last week, a lifeline received over 3,000 calls just on one day day. It's happening. There's a crisis in our nation. And the church has all the comfort of God. The church has all the faith of God. The church has all the protection of God. And we are the hope of the world. You are the hope to somebody around you. Amen. Let's read Romans chapter 8. Let's stand to our feet. Romans chapter 8 says this. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. The the Passion Translation says this. The Passion Translation says, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. The Bible, I tell you what, you got to get this. This is time for the church to arise. This is time for the church to get on another level of authority. Come on, now's the time. The Bible says the whole of creation is groaning and travailing, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God, the church, the church of Jesus Christ. God is waiting for you to step into your inheritance. God is waiting for you to step into that faith realm. God is waiting for you. God is waiting for you, church. You know, we can pray for revival. But let's pray for revival now. Let's pray for revival in me, in us, right here, in this church, in this city. Let's pray for revival. Let's say, God, I want to step up into that that mandate that you have, that authority that you have, that the church becomes a legislative authority in the world, that what we determine in the spirit realm, that's what happens in this nation. Amen. Oh, come on. I want you to understand this. Lord God, will you send revival? Lord God, will you do that? So come on. You know what? We have everything. I want you just right there where you are. There's a lot of torture. There's a lot of things I've thrown out, a lot of challenges. But what you have to understand is that we have a destiny. The church is Jesus working in the church is what the world is waiting for. The world wants to see the fire and the power of God within the church. Amen. The Bible says the whole of creation is groaning and travailing, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. It's like this earth is expanding and contracting and there's pressure and there's heartache and there's hardship in the world. And the people that have the answer are sitting here in this room today. And there are many around the world. Come on. It's the church. There's nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. Nothing. Nothing.